Welcome back to Talking Flick, where we talk about anything and everything, but mostly movies and TV. I'm Tyler, and as always, my co-host, Ryan and Nick. Welcome to the internet. I will be your guide. I'm back, and you can't keep me down. Can't keep them down. Welcome back, producer Ryan. Oh, it feels good. The internet is a very <laughs> I think scary it feels place. Terrible. Yeah, it is. And yeah, uh, it is. the best guide for you will be me. Oh, I don't I, know about that. I've seen I, your browser history. It's creepy, man. Yeah, I know. That's why I know what to watch out for. <laughs> Guy Fury is my internet guide. So and you know <laughs> where he takes me down. Me. Yeah, he takes me straight to Flavortown. That's oh, right, yeah, man. <laughs> How hard is it to kill a bunch of nine-year-olds? Can't be that hard. <laughs> Japan had a perfect record. They had a perfect yeah. record, and they fucked us. And <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, yeah, that's always like a major spoiler for what we're doing in the episode, right? It's like you don't even look at it. Just listen to us for about 20 seconds, and we oh, say yeah. what it is. Uh, or from quotes, purely quotes. So. Yeah. Do you think this is a beloved horror movie? Is it beloved? I have a hard time yeah. gauging this one. I yeah. think it is. I, yeah, I think it is. I yeah. I have met few people who don't, you know, who don't like it, you know, and who don't like it as much as, you know, of course, everyone else. But and if they don't like it, good. they're communists. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. They're... <laughs> Am I on speakerphone? Am I on speakerphone? <laughs> that Jesus. is so rude. I don't know who else is listening. And... <laughs> <laughs> all right so uh, as always we'll start off with a little bit of movie news uh did anything even happen this week i know some trailers dropped like we got uh the craft so that came out with uh it looked David... that good to me it no it didn't lazy. yeah yeah, lazy. It looked, yeah it looked very it looked very meh you know mm. and so but it's uh it's not a reboot it's not a remake it's i guess sort of like a continuation because they really? show a picture yeah they show a picture of uh, i don't remember her name but she's Nev the uh, she's the was that her the crazy one in the in the first one in the craft oh is it for they're Ball all crazy i saw the trailer yeah. i don't remember that that part the, the, but the craziest looking one the like brunette. the crazy yeah yeah the brunette yeah for, she's Feruza also in, uh, from the water boy yeah oh, the water boy okay. and yeah, uh, yeah and american x uh, yeah, American history. That's an yeah, amazing yeah, so. performance. Did you, did you guys watch the trailer? Yeah, I, I did saw the watch trailer. it. I just didn't watch it very closely. Right, well, what do you guys think of the cast? I think that's yeah, the, that's what fine. made the craft in the first place for horny teenage boys. You know what? <laughs> this is what I would say about that. Right in the original craft, all those ladies were sort of up and coming. So the, for the most part. In this one, I don't really recognize these ladies that much. Yeah, so. they're all kind of like, they're who is new. that? Maybe we're just old. I don't know. Yeah, possibly. I like to be young forever, <laughs> but yeah, I didn't recognize anybody in that. Do you think? So, but, do you think the craft has enough name recognition in order to bring a crowd? It's Man, got that older, was in my wheelhouse so. when I was in high school. That was a big time movie. All those chicks <laughs> were hot, Catholic schoolgirl outfits, and witchcraft. You can't lose. That's you a know win-win. what? That's probably it. The Catholic schoolgirl outfits, like <laughs> <Yeah>. that is. <laughs> America definitely didn't get less creepy. It only got more creepy. So yeah. I think, you know, it's going to work out. <laughs> it was a it was a different time. So nine, I can't remember what year it came out. Sometime in the 90s, right? So it is, this movie, yeah. is this movie going to come out or is it straight to video? I didn't say. Uh, straight to video. So straight to oh, video. Oh, yes. I knew it. Yeah. I knew it. Yeah. That's, that is the nice thing about Blumhouse is because they do their stuff so low budget. They could do it to VOD Wait, or whatever. Blumhouse and if is doing this? Yeah, this is Blumhouse. So. Really? That's interesting. Yeah. Blumhouse, been, Blumhouse, and this is a good point to bring up um you guys brought it up last week on the scott pilgrim episode what they can do with the limited budgets um you know you could take one scott pilgrim and turn it into five or six blumhouse movies and if one of them pops to like a hundred million dollar hit or a big hit for netflix or something that's a big win for them yeah you know the invisible man or whatever ended up making a lot of money on a small budget so what blumhouse is doing is buying up a lot of this sort of lesser ip like the craft 
so they can sort of expand these universes. And it doesn't have to work out every time, unlike a Marvel movie or a DC movie that costs like the Justice League $250 million. Yeah, they're just rolling the dice more often, except it's not costing them, you know, 100 100 mil a pop. So, (laughs) yeah, (laughs) yeah. I mean, I'll I'll probably watch. I mean, it's coming on VOD. I think it comes out either on Halloween or like the day before Halloween. So they're I get they're playing it just right by maybe releasing it on Halloween. And, you know, I like the first one enough, I guess, like um, it's been a while since I've seen it. Like it's got it's got a couple of uh, it's got Scream, of course, Nev Campbell in there. And it's got whoever plays uh, Billy, Billy, whoever his the the, one of the one of the whodunits in Scream is also in there, too. So Skeet Ulrich, it's Skeet Ulrich, right? Is that him? I don't remember his name. Yeah, he's 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 Billy in Scream. That's all I remember him. Yeah, that's Um, Skeet Ulrich. Yeah. yeah, that's it. That's all you need to know. Yeah, so I mean, as far as ever, other movie news, like not much is happening. There's been some like fan arts as far as like Anthony Starr, like as him being Wolverine, uh, fan arts as yeah, far as like Yeah, I wanted to Jimmy... talk about that. What yeah. do you think about that? The fan art didn't look too bad. No, it didn't. I mean, you can He's make Homelander. anyone look good. Can we yeah. spread it out a little bit? Wait, who who's going to be uh, Homelander? Oh, really? What? Yeah. Oh, fan art, blew fan art. yeah, or almost, you know, he almost blew himself. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, it was it was actually fan art. So it was fan art of Anthony Starr, uh, who plays Homelander on The Boys as the as Wolverine. Tyler, so, I, I keep on meaning to ask you this: Is fan art news? Like, no, it's not. <laughs> it's just, I mean, it's it's news in the sense that people talk about it for maybe like two days and like, oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah, and that then they w- move on to the like, next fan yeah, art. I guess and... it's just wishful thinking because I really want to see Danny okay. DeVito be Wolverine. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen, <laughs> producer Ryan. It's, but I it's will hard. say, <laughs> Tyler, your fan art stuff does sometimes drive the culture, right? Because occasionally, once in a blue moon, the fan art actually leads to a casting decision. I think Daniel Radcliffe is the front runner. I really do. I have a funny oh, feeling really? about it. I, I, I do, wouldn't yeah. mind that, actually. Yeah, I mean, he's he's short enough, and I think that was one thing Like when uh, Hugh Jackman got cast, is everyone's like, he's too tall. And it's like, I mean, does it really he's matter? Tall, but. Yeah. Yeah, so, but no, fan art is not movie news, but it's hard looking for new movie news when everything is still shut down. <laughs> so, <laughs> very true. <laughs> all movies are losing money, uh, except for the VOD stuff, I guess. Uh, but yeah, as far as movie news, do you have anything you want to throw in there, Nick? Not really. I mean, I just wanted to bring up because we wanted to follow up from previous episodes. Really, Mulan on balance ended up making more money than Tenant, um, even though Tenant did okay internationally. Tenant's going to lose a decent amount of money. Uh, so that was a lose. And what you saw was after Tenet kind of losing that battle, everything in the movie theater is sort of shifting back. You guys mentioned last week Black Widow's going to drop out. We're just going to keep seeing that all year long as COVID stays hot. Um, we're probably in for a rise in the COVID stuff, which means movie theaters are really, really in trouble. I honestly think because of how long this has lasted, um, we're changing cinema forever. I think that's where we are. Yeah, and even yeah. then, I think even uh, A No Time to Die, uh, James Bond, that got pushed yep, back pushed. again. So yep. it's... Pick so a really, name, it got yeah. pushed back, basically. Yeah, so uh, I don't know. I mean, whenever this thing's over, I'm sure we'll eventually get these movies. But yeah, I mean, with those bigger budget stuff, like No Time to Die, Wonder Woman 84, maybe Black Widow, like I could see them just holding out until they just want to push into theaters. But Tyler, that sounds like a yeah. terrible idea. Yeah, it does. It's awful. But like the the thing, and we've talked about like a bunch of podcast episodes is like it's with the MCU because every time it's, you know, they're they're going to be behind schedule as far as dishing out those movies because we get like what three MCU movies a year usually. 
Yeah. And, and, so, and yeah. we keep saying, like you mentioned, Tyler, we keep asking the question, when is one of these big movies going to bend? You know, Tenant sort of was the first one. It didn't work out. So does that mean that Black Widow is definitely not going VOD? What if COVID goes into next year? What if it's March, April? How many months can these movie theaters keep uh, paying the rent? and not making any money. It's kind of a weird thing. I keep thinking something like a bond is actually going to go to VOD, but like you said, charge maybe 50 or or $100 for it. I really yeah, think I, that Disney is going to define what's going to happen within culture uh, with Mulan. Isn't that already It worked them? out with Mulan, so <laughs> yeah, I mean, they're yeah. not wrong. Yeah, so. they, it worked out with Mulan, and I'm pretty certain whatever they decide to do, others will follow in their footsteps. Yeah, it's it's a little weird that they haven't released Black Widow on VOD. Like, I know it could do really well in theaters, but also it's kind of like, well, Black Widow's character, like, you know, she's officially dead and pretty much where, you know, I mean, her movie really shouldn't matter if it came to VOD, prequel, but I guess it, right? yeah, so it's is, a prequel. You know, it's yeah, uh, so, technically part of the previous phase. Uh, you could look at it that way anyway. Yeah. So you think that there'd be like, you know, it'd be a benefit to put it on there because it is a prequel. Her character's not around anymore unless there's something really big that happens in that Black Widow movie. And that may which, be the case also. Yeah, yep, which correct. sets everything for the next phase of the MCU, which is, I, I don't remember what phase we're on. I don't know. Cycle two, <laughs> phase one. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah, we get confused on that. I can't keep track of all those phases. <laughs> can I, can I ask but you what, guys? What's a relevant question? Let me just get this out because I think it's important. What are, what are they more afraid of? Are they afraid that if a Marvel movie goes out and does really, really well, our movie theater is afraid that they'll never come back because that's kind of scary too mm. or are they afraid that it comes out and doesn't make enough money like they need it to make i think both questions are kind of scary right just for different reasons yeah yeah that actually that's a very valid point um i think that if it goes on vod and it does really well uh they're afraid what's going to happen because i agree either way if one side is going to lose yeah yeah but let me ask you guys this with the time that's passing, do you think that these movies are losing steam or are they getting more anticipation? Because honestly, Black Widow has been falling off of my radar multiple times. Yeah, same here. It's, Not for it's me, really. I think they're losing a little bit of steam. Um, I think if they're going to wait for theaters or even I, I would say if they told me like we're going to put VOD uh, Black Widow like next month, then I would start to get excited for it. But right now, because... I don't Marvel know when we're going to get it. it. Yeah. Marvel kind of blew it anyway because they waited way too long to make a Black Widow movie. She should have had a movie six years ago anyway. Agreed. Um, so for me, I've waited this long. I might as well wait a little bit longer. And you know I love the movie theater experience. So I'll wait a little bit longer. Not going to bother me. Uh, but I think the WandaVision trailer... Uh, was interesting, at least for Marvel. At least that had a drastically different take than anything we've seen to include Thor Ragnarok. Mm. Um, what did your What was your take on that trailer, Tyler? Because that was whack. <laughs> I like it. It's I like it, it looks, too. Yeah, I like it. It's it's weird. It's interesting. And of course, yeah, I'm assuming that a lot of this stuff is happening inside of you know, it was not like yeah, inside the head. Or yeah, Wanda or what? Is this probably is Wanda? This a new so. trailer. Yeah, yeah, it's a new it's trailer whack, for WandaVision. Man. Oh, yeah. okay. All right, I need to check that out. Yeah, it, it looks got, it looks uh, good. It's set like some kind of crazy Twitter record or something like that, or most views for a trailer, at least for Disney or Marvel or something. So yeah. it's a hot trailer. It's got uh, what's her name from uh, Stay Golden Pony Boy from Step Brothers. Oh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, she's in there too. Yeah, so ah, she's interesting in there. segue. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's real interesting that she's in there. You wouldn't think she'd be in a Marvel movie, but or a Marvel TV show, but she is. So uh, that's all we got there for movie news. Since nothing's really going on, I mean, go check out the, uh, of course, the craft trailer, One Division trailer. Uh, I saw a little, actually a trailer for The Witches, which is the remake from I think it was like a ninety or early two thousands uh, show where the kids turn yeah. into mice. Great yeah, book so. by Roald Dahl. 
Mm. It's a it's a wonderful story. And the movie was pretty good with Angelica Houston years ago. Yeah. So this one's going to have Anne Hathaway herself. So <laughs> so she'll be oh, the nice. main witch, I, I guess. I didn't love yeah. that. <laughs> really? Not my favorite casting, but she could prove me wrong. You don't like Anne Hathaway? I love Anne Hathaway. Uh, I got I got issues. I got problems. I love the Princess <laughs> Diaries, all right? <laughs> yeah, I thought movies. that was great. I agree. <laughs> and she was, uh, uh, where's Prada or whatever? That was a cute performance. Yeah, she's got she some winners, but she's got some losers, too. <laughs> She's in Les Mis or whatever the, the musical. Les Mis was rough. Mis. Yeah. She won the Oscar for like five minutes of screen time. She did do good in that movie, but that movie was just unwatchable. That movie is, yeah. <laughs> but it gave us memes, like everything Jean gives Valjean. us memes. So, yeah. yeah, Jean Valjean has it. What's your right, name so... again? I forgot. You only said it 5,000 times, Hugh Jackman. <laughs> All right. So we're going to move on to the movie we're covering, which is The Cabin in the Woods. So this is, uh, we talked about it before a little bit where this was made uh, way before it actually even came out. I want to say it came out like in, in 2011, but it was made, I want to say 2008, 2009. I have to look that up. And it was just shelved because it was one of those things where it was getting distributed or produ- produced by Lionsgate. And I think Lionsgate ended up going out of business around that time or it just got shelved. Um, of course, Josh Whedon uh, wrote this uh, along with uh, Drew Goddard. Drew Goddard I think it is. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Sinister yeah, so Six. Goddard. He's holding on. Like you were holding on so long for the New Mutants. Drew Goddard's been holding on for his Sinister Six movie for yeah. I don't know fifty years. I'm not sure. Oh my god! Since <laughs> since who? Since Andrew Garfield was Spider Man. Yeah, so yeah, like when this movie came out. So when the Cabin in the Woods came out. Wait a second. Oh, stop the presses. We forgot something in movie news, Tyler. Can we oh, rewind for a second? Can I bring yeah, this up? Yeah, sure. There's this no rules on this podcast. <laughs> There's no rules, right? When I'm back, baby. Captain Tangent. Tangents for life. Uh, Jamie Foxx coming back as Electro. Did anybody hear this news? Wait, are oh, you is serious? that confirmed? Yeah, confirmed. What? Suck what? on that movie news. Wow. <laughs> that that's insane. Weird. I read that late, late last night, and I was like, wait, what? That makes no sense. Ooh, and so, Andrew Garfield okay. is... I don't know. Maybe it's a multiverse situation. I don't think still, we know much about it. They were very still hush-hush. unemployed. Still unemployed. Yeah. So. <laughs> Plus, he's got all that Facebook money. Don't worry about Andrew Garfield. Oh, yeah, that's right. No, he got cut out of that. <laughs> so, oh, that's right, yeah. <laughs> Have you seen that video clip of... Uh, uh, one of those, uh, like they dress up in in costumes and stuff like that, and they just, uh, oh, the buskers—that's what they're called. Buskers, you take pictures oh, yeah. with characters and stuff like that. And it's a guy yeah, yeah. dressed up as Spider-Man, and then a woman's like, "Oh, I want to take a picture with you." Takes a picture with Spider-Man, and she gives him five dollars, and it's Andrew Garfield. <laughs> he takes off the mask, and he's like, "Yes, <laughs> that's, that's what he's doing now." <laughs> he's a good actor. I don't. He, he wasn't no, good as Spider-Man, bad. but you know, he wasn't bad. I guess, but. Yeah, the, those, that, those uh, movies are just so ill-conceived. I don't yeah. know why Mark Webb couldn't pull those yeah. off. Those movies have way further issues, you know what I mean, rather than just yeah. the acting. It's bigger in there, than so. Andrew Garfield. You're yeah, right. and I know, I know, we talked about it before, like how Andrew Garfield like found out, you know, he was in Spider Man. It's like, oh, he's watching the Civil War trailer, and it's like, oh, yep, I'm not Spider Man <laughs> anymore. And so, I mean, that to be sucks. fair, by, you got to be self-aware. By then, you should have known. On, yeah, by then it's just like, yep, I guess I'm not fire anymore. Uh, what are we doing? Oh yeah, Cabin in the Woods. So, <laughs> oh, uh, of course, yeah. Even MCU, like this has got uh, Chris Hemsworth, my favorite Hemsworth. Oh, really, yeah. Chris Hemsworth. Yeah. And so it's got Chris Hemsworth right there. And before he was Thor, because of that weird kind of thing, it being shelled for a while. And of course, this came out after he was the Thor, and I think it probably helped out just a little bit. Um, but. I think the same thing he's might have happened. This. Yeah, he's good. And I think the same thing might have happened with Red Dawn, the uh, the remake that they did around that time too as well, which also had Chris Emsworth. That was bad. Yeah, that one was bad. Yeah, so Wolverines. But anyways, uh, <laughs> so, but yeah, no, this is, 
This is definitely like one of my favorite horror movies to watch, and this is something that I usually watch every Spooktober. And of course, this is our first movie for the month of October for our Spooktober, and so it's it's definitely where it's it's for sure meta, you know. And oh yeah! It's, oh yeah! It's definitely like even just watching the first time, I was like, "Man, this is something I haven't seen before." But of course, we're gonna get right now. What's your reaction, Ryan? Here's a scenario for you. Let's say Nancy catches me cutting out of the shower, and she thinks I look good. She's <laughs> my chest pubes all the way down to my ball fro, and she says, "I've had the old bull. Now I want the young calf." And then she comes by and grabs you by the shut the fuck up, Dale. <laughs> <laughs> I did yeah. not know that uh, Doctor. Yeah, Doctor. He's amazing. Oh, Robert Doback. <laughs> not just him. Is Josh Lyman from The West Wing. Bradley Whitford. Yeah, yeah. I don't want to spoil anything, but it's just an incredible performance. Yeah. They are. They are so good. And you know, I tequila, love. The, I love the tequila, intro too. My lady. <laughs> tequila, my lady. Yeah, I think it still would have been cool to see a merman. You know, just <laughs> he was this close to the conch. Who knows? A couple of minutes it could have gone that right way. in his <laughs> hands. <laughs> you guys say that Chris Hemsworth is good in this movie, and ah, he's fine. Whatever. But this movie, it only works because of Whitford and Jenkins, period. Yeah. Oh, That's yeah. It. They're great. Those you know, scenes, oh, man, this movie awesome. is a fucking train wreck, probably. They uh, they definitely, they carry that whole entire segment of just the secret underground, I'm assuming government agency that yeah, just handles these rituals. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. 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 Yeah, so I'm not sure what their title is. Engineers, technicians, just, I don't, I don't know. But it is, <laughs> it is cool, and that's like with this movie. That's one of the interesting things. It's just like, okay, what is going on with the nuts and bolts with like getting this whole operation together? Because you know we're moving a little ahead, but of course they have like the uh, brainwashing blonde dye. You know yeah, they have yeah, the pheromones crazy. and stuff Some like of that, that. Stuff is so like it doesn't make any sense. But who cares? We bring this up all the time. You you don't have to have answers to every question, right? Oh yeah. As long as you're having a good time, and the Jenkins and Whitford stuff, the bureaucracy stuff, and the sort of fatalistic viewpoint here of Drew Goddard and Josh Whedon, that carries the movie. I don't even give a shit what the answers are. Mm. It, it's not what I'm here for. Yeah. And I, yeah. and the premise is so good, and it's so off the wall that it really plays into that. That's why you don't ask these questions because right. it's just so crazy and so weird that you're like, okay, I'm going along with it. Oh, and yeah. I'm not the biggest horror guy. As you guys know on the show, I'm the romantic comedy musical guy. <laughs> but what I would say is like, this is a tired sort of genre. And to, uh, you know, breathe new life into something, you got to be super clever. Yeah. And this is one of the ones that actually caught, you know, caught me off guard because of how clever it is. There's not a lot of new stuff you can do, but you still get some of the gore for Tyler. You still get some funniness. You get to use the cliches. You're just using them in a sort of meta weird satire way. Um, and you bring something new to it, which is the bureaucracy of the whole goofiness and the fatalistic viewpoint of the world ending, which is kind of lovely too. Mm. So credit to Josh Whedon and Drew Goddard, who I don't always like. Obviously, The Martian shouts. Um, but uh, yeah, this movie is so clever. It's almost too clever for its own good in terms of rewatchability. Because once you've <laughs> seen it one time, that's the problem. Well, why don't you break down the numbers real quick so we can know exactly how you know the audience likes it and did this movie actually even turn a profit after being shelved for a couple of years too? So you want the numbers, Tyler. Give All right, so it's weird, right? I had assumed I hadn't seen it in a couple of years and I saw it not in the movie theater and I kind of regret that. Um, if I had knew, known movie theaters were going to go away forever, maybe I would have seen it in the movie theater. Unfortunately, I did not know that. So I waited for it to come out on video and I rented it right away. 
And I remember thinking, oh, this is a really good movie and it had a lot of buzz. But numbers wise, it didn't do quite as well as you would have thought. Domestically, it had a $42 million run with a 14-ish million dollar opening. So not super great. Mm. Internationally, $27 million for $69 million or so altogether. On a $30 million budget, so it's slightly more expensive than a regular Blumhouse type movie. Lionsgate, you know, they love to spend money there. Yeah, that was the <laughs> uh, problem. Did, yeah, exactly, right? <laughs> uh, like you said, it was in development hell for some time also. I think, all their, profit. I think all their money went into that opening sequence to enter introduced it to lion gate movie because that looked yeah. really nice yeah, <laughs> so, right? yeah and it's, it's looks like that forever like all right yeah. we got the title and now we're broke like yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they're still paying some engineer on the back end of that thing <laughs> so uh so it didn't turn a profit what was the the critic or the audience score like with rotten tomatoes or even like imdb so I think critics were in love with this movie, again, because of that fatalistic viewpoint and it's sort of new take kind of breathing life into the genre. Good for them. Uh, so critic wise, it made 92 percent. Anybody want to take a shout at uh, the audience? I'd probably say like in the 90s or in the 80s. I would say that too. high 80s. It's 74 percent. And I'm not really totally sure why that is. That is so weird. There's a pretty because, large yeah. gap. Yeah. Because I feel like most most fans of the genre, they they love, you know, I mean, if they're real horror people, like they love this movie because it's just like you said, it's a it's such a fresher breath air. And there's so many like interesting things to it, especially like, you know, as we get further down, just like the monster, the creativity with it. Yeah, I haven't met a person that um, has seen the movie and not liked it. So that 74% is somewhat surprising. Anytime I bring it up, they always say that they love this movie. Yes, but they don't write reviews, so (laughs) So, uh, we're just going to take a quick commercial break and hear from our sponsor. GPS is unworthy of global positioning. That's the whole point. Get off the grid, right? Hello? I'm thinking this thing doesn't take credit cards. Sign says closed. We're looking for, uh, what's it called? Tillerman Road. Not to get you there. Getting back. That's your concern. <laughs> This is awesome. Whoa, no way. (laughs) The lambs have passed through the gate. They are come to the killing floor. Seriously, believe something weird is going on. What is that thing? We have to stay together. This isn't right. We should split up. Yeah, good idea. So as always, a uh, spoiler warning, but, you know, this movie's been out nine years already, you know, but been made even longer. So, yeah, it's just one of my favorite things, of course, like there's so much I really like about it, especially like what we talked about, like how they're it's you're doing like kind of old school stuff, like as far as the rituals to old ancient gods that, you know, that still exist somehow. And then even just like how they're using, you know, all this technology and all these things to get like the teenagers or not even teenagers, these college kids to do what they need to do in order to perform the ritual and to kind of like conform to whatever the ritual, you know, what the ritual needs of their culture. 
And so, and that's one thing I've always wondered about, like, is this done? And of course, we don't need the answers for it, but I've always wondered, like, is this done once a year? Is this done a couple of years? Uh, it, it's just different with each culture and how they have to do it. And I like as far as like you see, of course, in Japan, it's your J-horror stuff that they have yeah, to do. Yeah. Um, Which so I like that callback. Yeah, it's like pretty that, yeah. cool. Yeah. Yeah. One thing that I really liked was uh, that whole setup in the cellar when they're deciding what's going oh, to happen. Yeah. Oh, man, the visuals on it. It's really cool how they set it up so that as the viewer, you're trying to figure it out. But I do not like how they call back to it later on in the movie to kind of tell the audience just in case they didn't figure it out. That's something oh, that yeah. I didn't like. They did kind of dumb down the script a little bit at points, which was sort of annoying. And even though they're using cliches and slasher movie cliches to sort of move the story along, they're still tired when you see them, especially the opening 20 minute sequence or whatever, which was a little bit weird when they're not cutting back to the, you know, the engineers down in the basement or whatever. Mm. Yeah. You you see them start to act like, you know, start to act towards their, uh, what they're supposed to be, you know, as far as like performing the ritual. Cause like even in the beginning, you have Chris Hemsworth. You know, and of course, Marty mentions it later that he's on like academic, so- you know, scholarship. He's a sociology major. He's not like some weird alpha douche male, you know. And so like where even in the beginning, he's, you know, talking to uh, the final girl, the virgin, right? Or supposable virgin. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Their definition of as, as best as they could get. And he just, you know, starts offering her books to read, you know, as far as in her, like her, her class. And then later down, you start to see him become just progressively more douchey and even the same with the blonde like she just kind of progressively gets more dumb and so she i like that part it. she crushed yeah. it yeah, yeah. <laughs> she no does complaints. do a good job anna hutchinson yeah. shouts jewels <laughs> yeah she makes out with that wolf man she goes she goes yeah. to town on it. And, <laughs> and i kept on thinking that that wolf was at one point just gonna just bite her face off but oh, same I'm here yeah, yeah, go yeah, that yeah, route. Yeah. yeah the way the camera lingers on that and the director of photography here did a really good job with that particular scene yeah, yeah. i, I want to say that the cinematography was well done in this movie and the lighting that really helped in terms of when they yeah, went into the point. basement then they went into the cellar it really sold it it was very creepy and it really was playing off of those elements of typical horror movies but at the same time it brought in a good uh a good perspective. Yeah, oh, yeah. Even though some of the CGI stuff I did not like, most of the cinematography was really expertly done. And like you said, the lighting, Peter Deming did the cinematography. And I know Tyler will appreciate he did New Mutants, uh, which was not, <laughs> as I've heard, very good. But he also does a bunch of David Lynch movies. He did Mulholland Drive. He did mm-hmm. the Twin Peaks. Um, and I think that is you could see it in the movie. You know, he has some of that air, some of that creepiness that David Lynch, you know, gives him even like the fog or the little weird uh, drugs that are coming out of the vent and stuff. Stuff. All that stuff is shot expertly, and that makes them, they kind of lifts the movie up just to another notch there. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And even like the CG, of course, like certain parts, like with a snake and everything, you're just like, okay, you kind of give it a little bit of pass yeah, because yeah. of the budget with it. But they did do like just a lot of practical effects. So, like with their monsters, like they tried to do at least like 90, 90, 95% of, of it as practical. Yeah. 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 So, even like as, you know, when they go down into the elevator and they're switching around, you can see all these monsters. And even like during the bedding, when they're, when you see the board, like people have just like examined like as far as the board, like, okay, who's the monsters on there? I think there's one called Kevin or Keith, you know, and it's <laughs> funny how like even the comedy in it, like the comedy works so well. Oh, yeah. You, yeah. Yeah. You have like these things that happen and then you have them eventually come like who is it? The intern who wins the pot with maintenance. Yeah. Um, I can't I can't remember the intern's name. I have to look it up. It but he's just Lynn. like, I'm an intern. I think her name was Lynn. Yeah. Yeah. I'm an intern. I don't qualify for OT. And it's funny when uh, the monsters get released and they're invading this little their base. 
and on one of the screens in the background, you just see the intern hiding somewhere. Oh, writing yeah, no, something. it's Ronald yeah. the intern. That's the guy <laughs> who is pissy yeah. about that. Yeah, the other yeah. one wins the bet. Yeah, the other ad. Yeah, so he's just writing on there. He's just showing up something probably that says help. <laughs> and yeah, and that's and of course that's what I like is like just little things like that as far as like the jokes. You know, it looks like he's got a husband bulge. You know, <laughs> and so <laughs> which I think is one of the greater lines in the movie. And so and even just you know seeing these monsters go into action and having them all get released. And I'll let it pass for the the CG just because I love seeing these guys getting torn up by oh, yeah. these monsters you know there's so many memorable stuff you know you got the unicorn who stabs the guy in the stomach <laughs> oh yeah uh, I like that i like that it yeah. got two pokes because if it's just one it's not good enough but yeah. it goes back for seconds yeah <laughs> I <gotta appreciate. laughs> it does I you know and that's so funny it does <laughs> well i'm gonna geek out a little bit uh going back to that scene when they're just determining what's going to kill them there's this board game called betrayal of house on the hill and this movie reminds me a lot like that because you play the game like normal, but then there's a bunch of different scenarios that if certain things happen, then that's how ultimately your character is going to get killed in the game. So I appreciate that because I feel like the creators of that game watch this movie and are like, oh, that would be a very good premise for a board game. So yeah. if you guys haven't played it, you should check it out. It's really fun. Yeah, And even uh, back with like games, this, of course, was, I think, connected to uh, one of the Left 4 Dead games. Oh, um, really? And so oh, you actually right? have one of the monsters from Left 4 Dead. I think it's called a tanker. I'm not sure. I think it's like one of the buff ones or one of the big ones. And you actually have it where it's in one of the boxes when they're switching around in that scene oh, and they discover. okay. Yeah. So when they discover like, oh, we chose how, you know, our own fates, you know. Um, and so like, and I think that's like another interesting thing to the movie too is just, you know, it's it, in a sense they have control over how they can make these people do the things that's necessary for the ritual. But there's just certain things that they can't control. Like, them choosing to you know what artifact they're going to pick mm. yeah, yeah, and then yeah. them releasing it and then of course like even just like the uh the harbinger or whoever it is the guy who was on speaker oh yeah he's just like <laughs> super weird and super creepy yeah and so yeah <laughs> enjoys his job a little too much where it's just like no they have to drive past that guy every time and it's funny because it makes sense. Yeah, yeah. It's funny because it makes sense to any slasher movie. They always ignore the warning signs. They always go forward. And of course, you get Sigourney Weaver as the oh, director. Yes. I did like know? that. Yeah, excellent yeah. costume design there. I liked her outfit. <laughs> Very. So, it, I I think it's funny though that she gets her hands dirty too. She explains everything that's going on, but then she gets in a fist fight with the guy. It's hilarious. Yeah, and she beats him up too. That. She beats yeah. up Marty. Yeah. Um, who I think is played by Frank Kahn's, I think is his name. He hasn't really yes. done too much. Um, but a little funny scene or a little funny fact, I guess you could say, is uh, he was actually, at the time of that movie, he was more ripped. He was buffer than Chris Hemsworth and the other guy. And that's why, like, during the scene when they're, sh- when they're going to the, the river, he's still clothed. Because apparently he was, right? yeah, apparently he was way more ripped than Chris Hemsworth. That's hilarious. And yeah. And, of course, he plays, you know, he plays the fool. He's just like, oh. My parents are going to think I'm such a burnout. Dance little <laughs> puppet. Puppeteers. And so, <laughs> so he, he did you know, a good and, job. Yeah, He's been yeah. around a little bit. He was in the Dark Tower in the village and stuff. But I actually thought because of everybody else, uh, Jesse Williams and Chris Helmsworth, he was sort of miscast. He didn't really look like a stoner. Maybe that's to your point, Tyler. He was just too buff. Uh, and yeah, I could kind of tell he just wasn't geeky enough for me. I you know, loved him as a stone. I, I loved it. And I loved the bong where it's the, the coffee can. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Too, yeah. Right. yeah. And the callback I, when he swings it like a baseball bat. That was genius. Uh, it doesn't I don't work know. out, I, but it, I did like it. 
I, I didn't really like that callback. There's some callbacks that are kind of like, ah, that didn't need, that wasn't really <laughs> necessary. But I, I actually, I thought he did a good job, but I did have a feeling that he, they could have casted someone better. I did get yeah, hints it just didn't of fit that Seth role, Green exactly. coming from yeah, him. Exactly. Or it, Something like that. You're exactly <laughs> right about that. Who, who's the other guy that was in The Mask 2? Uh, Jamie Kennedy. Jamie Kennedy. <laughs> Jamie yeah, Kennedy. With, yeah uh, maybe not Jamie Kennedy. <laughs> yeah, the thing we've the been thing down with, that road one too many times. Yeah, wait, wait too. I've been hurt before by Jamie Kennedy. So, uh, <laughs> How about Michael Sarah, yeah. your buddy from Scott Pilgrim? Nah, the, the thing that sells it with me with Frank Kantz as a as a Marty is like his whole rants into conspiracy theories mm. and all this stuff. And if you've ever been with a stoner, like a really heavy stoner, like Marty, it's just like, oh yeah. That's yeah. what it is. Like yeah. he's just on a trip and he is just talking. And so, but he ends up being right, you know, which is weird, but he does, right. but I'm I not, would, like, I would counterbalance sure. this. He gets stabbed in the back pretty good, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It doesn't yeah, seem to yeah. bother him for a couple hours. Because yeah. he's ripped, yeah. Tyler. I mean, because yeah. he's ripped. I guess that's, that's the caveat there. <laughs> yeah, that's that's one thing that actually bothers me too. Is like the knife in the back with like Marty and even like with Chris Hemsworth. I always chalk it up to like, okay, whatever pheromones they're giving them is making them somewhat more mm. vulner- uh, invulnerable because they can't. They have to die in a specific order. Yeah. And so that's that's what I chalk it up to. Straight up, both of them, uh, Chris Hemsworth and the other guy that was playing Hold'em, they get a bear trap to the back. That yeah. is pretty good, insane. too. Like a good swing there. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty insane. Yeah. Like with, with the bear trap, it's just, I mean, obviously, I don't know. Like every time I saw it, I was like, oh, they should be messed up, but they weren't. But I love the cabin. Of course, we've talked about it a bunch of times, like with the artifacts. And every time I watch the movie, I'm always just looking at the artifacts and trying to see, like, okay, yeah, what else is exactly. kind of hidden in that's there. That's the same thing that yeah. I've been doing. It's like there's always there's always some sort of Easter egg that's in there. And I think even like with the writing of this movie, this was something that uh, Drew Goddard and Josh Whedon, where they did this thing that I guess some writers do, where they get up in a hotel or a motel and they just bunker up for like yeah. a week or mm. three weeks or however long and they don't leave the room until they have a script. And so that's My, what they did with Cabin in the Woods. <laughs> so know, they I always, down I always like to room, point yeah. out on the writing side of this thing, I just wonder like what the original script looked like because it's about an hour, what, an hour 36, something yeah. like that. Yeah, It's an easy so it's watch too. It is, it is it's an easy, easy watch and I think smartly edited, right? It's nice that it's only, it's that short, but I bet you there's a lot of pages left on the table and it would yeah. be interesting to either revisit this, I don't know how you could, um, or to see a director's cut of, or some sort uh, since we have nothing else going to the movie theaters now anyway, because I bet you there's 50 pages left somewhere that could um, that could give us a lot more fun, you know? Oh, yeah. And I've always wanted like more from like this sort of series, like the, the Cabin in the Woods, but I know it would just taint the original. So I'm just mm. like, I want more, but I'm OK with it just being by itself because this is. You know, this is something where it really was like at the time, like and even now, like it's a breath of fresh air, like just to watch yeah. it. And I, th- I think I'm still sitting holds there. Up. We're nine years later now. I think I'm sitting there with you, Tyler. I uh, I wouldn't want it to taint the original, but I would like to see some offshoots or some spinoffs. I would like to see like a foreign movie that's in Japan that goes about the same structure that they do it in Cabin in the Woods, but it's the Japanese cliche horror yeah. things. Then yeah, I thought usually it goes the other way. And Right, it'd be nice to kind of flip the script there and have Japan take uh, take something from our film series and uh, do something with that. That'd be cool to see. You know, yeah, I, I would like to. Of course, it can't be like a sequel; it have to be a prequel because yeah. you know everyone ends up dying in the end when that big ass <laughs> hand comes through and destroys all those artifacts. And that was crappy CGI, to be fair. Right, the hand was a little bit goober. 
I'll take the yeah. hand. I mean, because like it reminded how you... me of Men in Black. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah yeah. So yeah, I'll I'll take it because it's just like you know how do you show an ancient god that's like supposed to be like the most terrifying thing that's ever existed? You know, because they talk about like it's more terrifying than all the stuff they have locked up. You know, like Galactus and Fantastic I... Four Two: Rise of the Silver Surfer. <laughs> Worse. All right, <laughs> Tyler. I, I have to argue that uh, a giant hand is not a, like as scary as like a smoke monster or like that spirit things. If they or were Cthulhu, like, yeah, that <laughs> slimy weird seal thing that eats my buddy Bradley Whitford's yeah, face. Yeah, the, the merman. Are you serious? No, but definitely, I feel like they could have done something a little more to convey that oh, an ultimate evil. They build it up so much, and all they can show is a just a giant physical hand. That's that's kind of garbage. I take it. I'll maybe, take it. I maybe don't know tentacles, how they it, so. like a, like huge tentacles. That would I would have taken that as well. They already that showed tentacles cool. though. They showed it when they uh, they killed the uh, from Chem from the Chem mm. department from Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Okay. Not Buffy uh, Angel. I think she's from and uh, Serenity Firefly. Well, even so. still, like a physical hand compared to ten, uh, tentacles, I think tentacles would be creepier and scarier drawing ancient gods is hard okay (laughs) (laughs) there's like i'm sure that was probably like on the drawing board too like should we do a tentacle should we do a hand and i'm sure like as that cutting date gets closer just like fuck it let's just do a hand i do think i do think the cinematography we mentioned the lighting we mentioned but the set design at times like it's really spot on and at times it's kind of gooberish the little blood that falls into the the outlines of the different gods on the walls Mm, yeah yeah. you finally see them because they hint at it and they sort of like they tease but then when you finally see them you're like i could have drew that that's nothing special (laughs) yeah no (laughs) i think that's interesting also with everything that's so modernized and been like industrialized and developed for just so that they can get these teenagers to be part of this ritual they still have to bring it back to oh the basics yeah the basics we have to get a bunch of stone pillars that fill up these paintings with blood that i feel like they should have industrialized that a little bit more as well but i don't know i I like it because they talk about it like as far as like they're able to control a lot but it's just little things that they have to have and i like that it's just it's because these ancient ones are you know they're remnants of an old world i like that these old these are old school ritual things that they have to keep because who knows if you mess with that maybe it'll piss off the gods who knows mm. what pleases them i don't know if they gave them like a handbook like hey like these are how you have to do this because you know that of course that would be hard to figure out like as humans like how do we please these gods and given, it's like, given the give bureaucracy I... that they're that they're hinting at it was 50,000 powerpoints that they had to read and they're <laughs> yeah. all worn down from all of those <laughs> yeah so that's always wonder is there like a handbook to this because of course you have it where they talk they talk about upstairs and i'm assuming upstairs is Sigour- just sigourney weaver no and of i course, thought like i thought upstairs yeah, it's unanswered, was, really i thought upstairs were where the teenagers were um I thought it was talking like as far as like departments, like because they're, you know, like engineering, technical, administrative, you know, they're there working it. So I thought they're like, oh, this comes from upstairs. I thought it came from Sigourney Weaver, the director, was upstairs. She's in charge of all of it. Mm. So that's what okay. I, that's what I thought. So and of course, like even with this movie, like the the writers have even talked about it is pretty much like, you know, your whole imagery of it where the 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 god the ancient gods are the audience right and the yeah. thing that they're making you know everyone are the writers so the, the engineers fixing everything doing all the stuff are your writers you know everyone working on a movie set 
And mm-hmm. so, of course, Sigourney Reaver is the director. They're everybody who's working on it. And then you have the actors who are, of course, you know, the, the college kids, you know, Chris Hemsworth <laughs> and everyone, the fool, the whore, all the other ones. And yeah, so yeah. and then us, the audience, we're the ancient ones, because if they piss us off, then, you know, they're going to be in trouble and more or less say, yeah, okay, can, <laughs> so, can we can we talk about the ending, though? I, oh, yeah. I uh, So this is the first time me watching it. I knew it was a good movie. I've heard about it from a lot of different people. Um but the ending, I see what they're they're going for, this whole nihilistic, futilistic kind of deal. But it just pissed me off at the end because it just reminded me of like millennial culture or um this perspective of like, you know what, I don't care and everyone else is gonna get fucked because I was there. Yeah, the fatalistic. I mean they're going for that to some degree. I don't know if they take it too far, but that's part of what makes it different. So it's hard to kind of fault it entirely. No, no, I, I agree. I agree. You can either die with them or for them. Oh, yeah. they both sound so enticing. What's novel about it is the choice that they make, right? She almost kills them. She decides not to. And then they're just like, ah, fuck it, man. Yeah, uh, that's probably something we hadn't seen exactly before. Is, I can I can understand where it's like, it's been a long day or it's been a long yeah. night. Yeah. Let's just die. We're, yeah. we're not going to make it take everyone else with us. Who and man, cares? sometimes <laughs> after this podcast, I'm like, just smack me with the giant hand. Let's call it a day. <laughs> and no, and it's funny. It's definitely funny in the, ter- in the perspective of the movie. And I know that that's what they were going for. But as an individual with everything that's going on with COVID, like... Well, that, now, yeah, yeah. that pisses me off. Yeah. That- See, it's weird because you just saw it, right? So we have mentioned this many times on the podcast, and I think it's very it's very worth talking about. I talk about it on my blog quite a bit. You watch this thing in the capsule of time. This movie holds up, but like you said, it was made in probably 2009. doesn't come out till what, 2011 or so? It's been nine years, but you're watching it in the spectrum of 2020. Yeah, one yeah. of the worst years ever. So it's hard. It's like another slap in the face. You know, we've taken yeah. enough this year. But I, I, I see where it's going and what it's trying to do and i respect it for that but i can't help but be pissed off at those two that just ended up destroying the entire world just because they're like ah, i don't care anymore so like, what do you do you shoot them <laughs> without thinking about it yeah probably you're the guy do you say just shoot me because it's for the for the greater good Probably. <laughs> Probably. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. That's how that works. All right. So, Ryan, this is your first time watching this movie. All right. What are you going to rate it? Give you know it a what? rating and a close. I found it very enjoyable. Um, Nick mentioned that it may not have that uh, rewatchability aspect, but I don't know. Uh, there's things that I really enjoyed about it. And the sheer fact, Tyler, you brought it up, that there's so many Easter eggs that you can point out with each viewing. I definitely see this as one of those movies that you'd break out at least once a year to watch during Halloween or, or Spooktober as it is. I want to say I'm going to give it an eight. I, I think that's a... Uh, that's pretty high. Yeah, I, I, I think it deserves that. I really enjoyed myself. I thought it was a good watch. And it's quick. It's uh, it's very easy to just sit down, go an hour and a half through it, and then continue through my day feeling good. So I give it an eight. All right, Nick, let's hear it. What are you going to rate this? So for me, like, you know, I agree with what you said, producer Ryan. There's a lot of stuff I like. The fact that it's a deconstruction film is really important. I love the fatalistic stuff there. It reminds me a little bit of The Big Lebowski in a weird way. And, you know, 
horror movies are tired for me. A lot of times it has to be really good and really stand out for me to like it um, because they kind of get boring to me. You know, the gore doesn't do it for me. So you got to have some kind of edge. You got to come in with something sharp. And I think this movie does a great job with it. I think it's saved by Whitford and Jenkins' performances. Uh, the kids are fine. The gory stuff is fine. Seeing all the monsters is kind of cool. But, you know, the rewatchability factor is the problem. Once you know the rub, once you know the ending, once you know what the what the sneaky uh, sort of take is here with Drew Goddard, I don't think it's super rewatchable. So I probably don't watch it once a year, but I'll watch it every once in a while, and I definitely recommend it to folks. It's a 7.0 on the Shawshank scale, but like I said, I think it lacks that rewatchability. All right. Yeah. I'd give this about a uh, seven and a half, you know, and this is, and this is something ballpark. like, yeah. So this yeah. is something where I'm just <laughs> like, if you haven't, if you haven't seen it, like for sure, like go ahead and watch it. You know, it's over on Hulu right now too. And so, but I could rewatch this pretty much almost any time of the year, but usually of course it's a little bit better doing, you know, Spooktober. And mm-hmm. I think like the artifacts, all the, all the monsters in there make it at least for me, like a little bit more rewatchable. Are you the one guy, Tyler, that wants this movie to be about 30 minutes longer or are you happy with what it was? Ooh, you know, I am happy with what it is. So, mm-hmm. because yeah, like if I, I want to know the answers to, of course, everything, but I know if I get them, I'm not going to like them. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah that's how it is. So. One thing I have to say, Nick though, is that, I haven't seen this movie before, but I knew the rub. I knew what was going, what was happening, and what was what this movie was about. You knew what the ending was going to be? It was uh, going to be a hard out. Uh, I didn't know that they were just going to just destroy the entire world, but I I, I knew the premise <laughs> going into the movie, and I thought I thought I still thought it was great. I thought it was uh, clever in its own right. So yeah. All right. So we're going to move on to our next segment: recommendations or anything you guys caught over the week or the weekend that you want to recommend or don't want to recommend. I'll go I'll go first and I want to react to Tyler. A couple weeks ago he mentioned the Challenger documentary. I finally watched it. Yeah. I watched the first episode and it was heavy. Yeah, then I revisited and binged the rest of it. It was incredible, man. It was really, really well done. And it, it was emotionally moving to me. Obviously, it was right in my wheelhouse uh, from Boston, New Hampshire teacher from Concord, Massachusetts. Um, they show a lot of stuff and obviously the negligence is there, but I also, to a small degree, understand that like when you're traveling in space, you take risks. You know, if you're yeah. going to be a pioneer, you got to take risks. It's just that those risks didn't seem necessary all the time. I highly, highly recommend this documentary as for those who are young and don't know what happened here and what happened to the space program ultimately. And for those that lived during that time, I was a school kid. They wheeled the, the VHS tape in, or the VHS old school TV in front of me and played this thing. And we didn't know what was going on. 20 minutes later, the teachers are like, yeah, it blew up and she, everybody's dead. Um, it's just crazy. And it was crazy emotional. And it was unfortunate that it was preventable. Mm. Yeah, definitely. It's well worth the watch. And even just like with the editing on it, too, when it shows the Challenger and it's, it's well you done. know, yeah, like, yep. you know, it's going to explode. But what you see is you see their families and you yep. see their reactions right before it blows Confusion up. And, like, and mis- yeah, that's just devastating. Honestly. Yeah, that's, yeah, that sounds terrible for me. Uh, it's Spooktober and I'm definitely in that mood to be scared. So I'm looking for new horror movies. I definitely want to catch uh, that. What was that elevator movie that you were talking about, Tyler? Uh, you mentioned oh, Devil. No, yeah. no, no. It was uh, with the food. Uh, 33 it, or not 33 uh the platform oh, that there we one, go. Oh, yeah, platform. that one sounds awful <laughs> i definitely wanted to, to jump into that but i just wanted to watch something quick and i caught hashtag alive have you seen that it was on netflix no i haven't I, i've seen okay. it on netflix but i haven't watched it yet so. so it's uh it's actually a korean horror movie um dealing with zombies and how it would be in south korea and stuff and how they deal with it and it was interesting how they incorporated technology in how that would help with 
with a zombie apocalypse and stuff like that. But ultimately, it's not my favorite zombie movie. It wasn't that great, but it was an interesting watch. I thought it was well done. Um, if you want to check it out, it's on Netflix, uh, but I wouldn't be clamoring over it. So that's what I caught over the week. Yeah, so I definitely I watched the most recent episode of The Boys. Uh, I won't say any spoilers just because it just came out. Like I think it comes oh, out like, on Thursdays or Fridays. Oh, yeah, this yeah, is uh, okay. episode seven. Gotcha. Oh, man. So good. Have you seen it yet, Nick? Or, uh, not yet. Nope. I'll watch yet. it probably tonight or it's, tomorrow. It's good. It's great. If if you're not watching The Boys, like it is well worth the watch. Or at least, you know, it's going to be ending soon, at least with this season. So it'd be a perfect time to binge through it and at least mm. catch the end of this. But it it gets better with each episode. And it's just you there's a lot of stuff that's going on i don't want to get into it because of spoilers because it just came out but it's well worth the watch um so next week what are we doing suddenly seymour little shop of horrors there's a bunch of good ones the broadway play is incredible obviously the older one with jack nicholson my buddy um is incredible but 1986 rick moranis he's back baby better than ever i hope he shows up in the ghostbuster movie somehow this is an incredible (laughs) movie and it's timely because even though the movie will never come out because of covid they are rebooting this thing recasting it chris evans scarlett johansson taron edgerton i think is in there from the kingsman so it's going to be uh cool and i like to see it with the new effects and i think this one you know, this one is untouchable. It's a really great one for me. I love it. And it's a little bit of horror, a little bit of musical. It's right in my wheelhouse. But I think it's uh, just old enough where the reboot recast is about, it's about prime for that. Mm. All right. Speaking of Rick Moranis, he just got attacked like a couple of days ago in New York. Unbelievable. People yeah, are crazy, man. Are you yeah. serious? Worst. Don't fuck with the key master. <laughs> <laughs> no, the gatekeeper. Yeah, the gatekeeper. Yeah, the gatekeeper. Yeah, yeah. gatekeeper. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, you can watch it on Hulu and HBO just if you want to get ahead of yourself here. All right, Ryan. We're where can we find you at? Hey, if you like listening to my voice or you just want more content, I do another podcast called Dragon Questicles. You can find us on Spotify, iTunes, or wherever you download podcasts. If you just want to follow me, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Ryan underscore dot com. That's Ryan with an I underscore D-O-T-C-O-M. You can always find me at RealWatchability.com, top 10 movies of the year, top 10 movies of all time. Hit me up at Twitter at RealWatch, and it's taking the world by storm. It's already taken it by storm. East to West with Nick and Rob, wherever you listen to podcasts. And we're talking flick. You can always follow us over on Twitter at flick underscore talking. And if you really like us, you can leave a rating review at whatever podcast if app you listen you're to. Going to rate home. <laughs> but of course, Apple is a big a one. I think Spotify. On yeah. You're welcome. <laughs> so, of course, work, zombie arm. So, of course, <laughs> Apple is a big one. Spotify, I think, is the second biggest. I don't know. Just leave a rating review, which is whatever you listen to. Just give it to <laughs> two us. And a half, so, two and a quarter. Uh, about three and a half, maybe four. So, yeah, maybe three. Uh, maybe, maybe three. Four. Let's be generous. So, uh, we also have Patreon. You can donate any amount of money. You can get access to other content. And we'll have a link in the description for everybody's stuff. Finish the show, Ryan. Hey, that was Talking Flick, and we will talk to you next week. More yeah. than anything else, I want this mo- I want this moment to be over. Henry Cavill's <laughs> James Bond, by the way. So. Nah, come on. No way. Get out yeah. Of here. Is, it, is it official? No way. I think it's official, yeah. Nah, it's a rumor. It's a rumor? I could have swore it's official. <laughs> <laughs>